American Craftsman Podcast is proud to partner with Montana Brand Tools. The West was built by people with strength and great pride in their workmanship. It was a necessity that early settlers of Montana have a strong will, a resilient character, and great determination to tame the rugged landscape while adapting to its dramatic climate. That spirit, made in the USA pride and craftsmanship, is alive today, both in how Montana Brand Tools are manufactured and how they perform. Montana Brand Power Tool accessories are manufactured utilizing proprietary, state-of-the-art CNC machining equipment and the highest quality materials available. Montana Brand Tools are guaranteed for life to be free of defects in material and workmanship because we build these tools with pride and determination. Montana Brand Tools are manufactured by Rocky Mountain Twist, located in Ronan, Montana. Montana Brand's heritage comes from a long line of innovative power tool accessories. Use coupon code American Craftsman for 10% off your order at MontanaBrandTools.com. Here goes nothing. <laughs> Episode 47. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> of the American Craftsman podcast. <laughs> got a, a short one this week. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to, you know, like the back in college when I was in broadcasting, the TD, the technical director, if you were. On camera, yeah, using that, using that spaghetti. Uh. <laughs> There's one thing we know how to do, it's stretch it. The Patreon stretch. last week went from 22 minutes to 55 minutes. Like, we're running a little short, and we ended up doing we more were, than almost triple. And we were talking about nothing. <laughs> I don't even remember. I mean, we movies. started out talking about something, yeah, movies, but or we something. ended up talking about nothing. Um, yeah, well, like, you guys are kind of slacking this week on the questions, but yeah, I'd say maybe uh, everybody's on summer vacation. I'll assume partial blame for that. I did want to say, um, you know, the the number, like the listenership of the podcast, kind of stagnated a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys like the podcast, you know, tell somebody about it. Tell yeah, tell uh, your fellow woodworkers, carpenters, whatever. It's not a secret. No. But, you know, we want to reach more people so we can, um, you know, answer more questions mm -hmm. and form more relationships. And as as nice as it is for you guys to be able to get your, your questions answered, it's nice for us to think about these things. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's beneficial to us, too. So Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're really instructional. Mm -hmm. um, don't forget, next, not next week. Um, in about 10 days is the meetup, August 7, 2.30 p.m. at Belford Brewing Company. I got a question for you about that. Are wives welcome? Um, I'm Significant others? Can't say n no. I Boyfriends? Mean, girlfriends? Friends, friends? Friends, friends? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why not, yeah. I my, say the more the merrier. My wife, wa she said she wanted to go, but you know how that goes. She's always got big plans. <laughs> She'll be the spearhead, and then other wives will end up going. Yeah. She wants to know if your wife was going. My wife, she said, do you want me to go? I'm like, well, what kind of question is that? <laughs> Why you got to complicate things? There's no, there's no right answer for that do question. Do you want me to go? Do you want to go? <laughs> I want to know. I want. This is the question of the week for me. I want to know how many wives or other, you know, significant others, however you want to phrase it, 
answered the the question the same way. I want to know how many said, "Do you want me to go?" Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be the designated driver? Then yes. <laughs> uh, but no. All jokes aside, uh, everybody's welcome. Oh yeah. Um, can't say that we're going to uh, be able to entertain your wives, but no. you know. Once you get them there, they're on their own. On, yeah, they'll start uh, mingling. Yeah, no guarantees from uh, from us. Uh, especially if my wife's there. She'll find out everything. She'll find out all the information on everybody. Yes, yeah, so if you got dirt, <laughs> maybe you don't want to come yeah, anymore. Yeah. If you secretly made a river table that one time. Yeah, she'll find out. Or got a garage full of woodpeckers. <laughs> We're going to have dirt on all of you. And we don't mean the birds. Yeah. Because we really have woodpeckers down at the shop. Oh, we yeah. have the real woodpeckers. We yeah. have the uh, the the red-headed one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's where they get that red al- anodized aluminum thing from. Oh, yeah. I never put two and two together with that. You know, because they're... Where, where are they made, the woodpeckers? Illinois or Indiana, something like hmm. that. Yeah, I don't know if those birds... I mean, I know they're native to the East Coast. Oh, yeah. yeah. They definitely have them. They're all over the United yeah. States. Those red bellies and the red headed and the, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, beer glasses. We'll have beer glasses for um everybody, up to thirty six people. And then we're yeah. gonna run out. So if you want one, get there early. And uh, John Peters was so kind, and we have some as well. We're gonna be giving some cans of Bloxygen away. All right. To the first uh, whatever, however many people, dozen people or so. And Montana. We got a giveaway from Montana. Um, we should bring uh, a T-shirt. So whoever wins that can get a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I got no promises on sizes. Yeah. Because we're very limited on sizes. But um, I think we have a Montana cap, don't we? Uh, That is with the other stuff. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's, for, that's for the patrons. Anyway. Uh, I guess we're getting to the beer of the week. Yeah. Let's see, get this here going. We're going to got our B-roll. No comment on the B-roll. I'm surprised. No, we've had some. Have we? Yeah, the cinematography has really improved through the weeks. So this week we have, uh, I think it's Iyengar Bavarian Pills. Mm-hmm. And actually I got three. Uh, and you got a sneak peek of the tool of the week um, because these are 12 ounce bottles, 11.2 ounce bottles, and these glasses are 16 ounce glasses. So, uh, brewed according to the, now I'm going to butcher the German here, Reinheitsgebot, Purity Law of 1516, product of Germany. So, that was a law that said beer can only be made with uh, water, hops, barley, and yeast. Crisp, pale lager, clean hop aroma and flavor. Iyengar at the foot of the Bavarian Alps is one of the world's most respected breweries. I got a crazy glare. Yeah, me too. Um, family owned and operated since 1878. Now, I'll give you guys a little sneak behind the scenes because you guys never get to see this. But, I mean, <laughs> we've got that light and that light. And that light, and that ratty light, and our sound wall. Um, so, yeah, we're getting blasted with these lights. 
So we gotta get that uh two bit bottle opener over here. Yeah, we keep forgetting. Mm. That's definitely pale. Very clear. Yeah. That's that uh, Bavarian uh, brewing law in place there. I like the uh, Bavarian Pilsners. Unlike, you know, the crappy American Pilsners that you get. All right, we have to take a sip and then. Yeah. What's an American Pilsner? Uh, like Miller Lite. Oh, geez. Cheers. Cheers to everybody out there. There are, um, you know, breweries making pilsners that aren't total garbage. When I was in college, there was this group of guys that Miller Lite was their beer. They have mullets. Um, you know, when did the mullet come out? Was it? Could that have been pre-mullet? What? No, mullets. I think came in like the seventies. Oh, yeah, seventies, and then got big in the eighties. I don't think they had mullets. They were uh, like prep school boys. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There was a clear divide between uh, <laughs> the people who came to school driving nice cars and the other folks. Mm. <laughs> Me and my 67 Volkswagen bug. Mm. Bug or bus? I had a 74 bus. And a 67 bug. Those things are death traps. <laughs> so this has a, a, what do they call it? Bayerish, well, I'm not even going to try and say that. Protected geographical <sighs> indication. Um, so it's like the DOCG in Italy. Yeah, yeah, I like um, that. You know, this is, uh, I guess, Bav- I don't know, is Bavaria the region? Yeah, I guess it's a region of Germany. I thought Bavaria was kind of just like a real arbitrary kind of. Well, um, you know, I I can't remember exactly. I have a German friend, and I think he lives in Bavaria. Hmm. Um, Since 1878. Not, yeah, I'm not sure if it's got actual, like, delineated right. markings or if it's like us. We, like, say, the, the Northeast or New England or Southwest. Yeah, that's kind of, I like, I thought... Some of Bavaria was in, like, Switzerland and shit. Oh, it might be. I'll ask him. Um, so we got the beer. Pretty good so far. Yeah. You can definitely tell the difference between this and, like, a, some other Pilsners. Even, like, a Czech Pilsner. Um, so you got to get the B-roll fired back up. One day we're going to have to do, like, a, a test. Like, a... A sampling, not a test, but, you know, have uh, several. Like maybe we'll do like Pilsners or... How are we going to survive that? <laughs> well, we can't. We'll have to just drink small glasses. <laughs> uh, tool of the week this week. Got the uh, the old Nipex 68200 and Nippers. 
Yeah, those are well loved and well used. Yeah, you can see they got a couple little uh, apprentice marks on there from cutting screws and stuff, but um, nothing like jailbreak. Yeah, well, just replace <laughs> these are these are mine for years. Just replace the shop pair that were like uh, serrated. Like not even serrated. More teeth at the uh, you know the piggly wiggly <laughs> than uh, <laughs> than on the uh, the end nippers. So we replaced them with a new pair. You can see lots of glue and stuff on there. These are great for pulling out nails, staples. Yeah. They're uh, they're eight inch model, so they have some leverage to them. Uh, made in Germany. Some people say Knipex. I say Nipex. Some people say Nipex, too, I guess. I think it's actually Knipex. Um, I like their hand tools. I have the, uh, the, um, what the hell are they call it? Cobra. Oh, yeah, I, I, that was Tool of the Week Yeah, a couple weeks ago. The uh, Cobra pliers. So they make nice stuff. These are they're really sharp. You know, you cut through a 10-penny nail with these real easy. Um, so, yeah. I love their tools as well. Good stuff. Those things are really handy, like you say. They're they're great to have around. And they seem to be like one of those things that that it's the only tool that'll really work in that application when you need one of those. Yeah, I mean I use them primarily for pulling nails, not really for cutting. Mm -hmm. Um because they have this curved Yeah curved head you can grab stuff like this and and pry it out um and you know i i use the these stay in my tool belt i use these as a finished carpenter um because you're always pulling nails out whether you're removing old trim or whatever stuff like that um and these are always what i found work best most yeah. like specific nail pulling things i've found they these work better than those yeah we even have a thing that's made specifically and it tends I to break the hate nails those, th those things that's like the the most under uh tool ever those, <laughs> that nail hunter thing there's no there's no leverage because it the the belly and the jaws is only like a quarter inch and so there's no room to yeah to get any leverage this you have Look at all this leverage. It's eight inches from, yeah. you know, from the, was that the fulcrum? Fulcrum, yeah. Um, with that nail hunter, it's like, you know, you only have like this tiny little bit. My big gripe with those is they tend to really cut the nail when you don't want it. Yeah, I think because you got to grab onto it so hard yep. to try and, you know, with these, you kind of hold it loosely. Um, yeah. You can actually finesse it out a little bit more with those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even I won't even look at those that nail hunter anymore. Yeah, because it just yeah it doesn't come know. out of the drawer as much as it used to. Mm -mm. Not yeah. that we're pulling nails all the time, but no. you know who uh, used to reach for the nail hunter all the time? Uh, Deadwood. Yeah, yeah. That's because he was really messing stuff up. I know. That's what I mean. He was always shooting things together wrong. You'd hear him over there cursing and. <laughs> that dead blow hammer. Oh gosh. <laughs> Be smacking stuff. <laughs> you hear, tush, tush, tush. 
Oh, he's smacking it apart. Cabinets built all 16 different ways. Oh, but we love them. The good old days. Yeah, speak for yourself. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, I got to put a beer bottle up here. And I- yeah. I got yeah. a new phone, so I got to get it set up, but we're going to set up a... Yeah, like that so, looks so dark because these lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to set up a... My old phone as a second camera. I could do a little switching back and forth. Yeah. Maybe do like an overhead camera right here. There you go. You have to like screw a, something to the ceiling. One of those phone holders. Yeah, I got to bring it down though. Yeah. Okay. We shall see. Uh, I guess we'll get into these questions. All uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven of them. Yeah. Well. We uh, we got the first one here from one of our patrons, Wocheck, um, and this this uh, question comes in via YouTube. If you open your own brewery, what would Green Street Joinery Signature Beer be like? Well, it, it, people will probably scoff at the price first. Of all. <laughs> would, That's for sure. It, it would take a long time to make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd use only the best ingredients we could find. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what else. I think he means more like what would it taste like? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not an aficionado, so I I couldn't even venture uh, into that realm. I would say, you know, you know, I like a Guinness. Mm-hmm. Um, so watery. Yeah. Dark and watery. <laughs> we got some of that water under the sink. <laughs> um, signature beer. I mean, I agree with everything that you said, which is, you know, craft beer. That's kind of was part of the whole thing with the beer of the week. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're paying homage to these people. And granted, sometimes we have beers that aren't that great. Um, but you know, they're making the beer with the same sort of mindset that we're trying to make furniture and stuff. So, um, you know, using the best ingredients and doing it carefully and thinking it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have like a, it's, I mean, it kind of comes down to like a, your, uh, opinion on taste, but I don't really have a favorite. No, I mean, I like them all. Like if you were going to the store for a six pack of beer, let's say, you know, there was a weekend, you you knew you were going to have like two or three beers at your friend's house. What would you pick up? It's all spur of the moment. It is. All right. Um, yeah, I guess I would be at a loss if I, if I didn't like Guinness, I would be at a loss. I, I usually choose something that looks interesting, that sounds interesting. Uh, maybe something I haven't had before. Right. Like I don't go to the store and say, I'm going to get this beer. If I've had it before, what the hell am I going to get it again? Yeah. So you're not like, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I bought the same beer more yeah. than once, but no, if I'm going to buy beer, usually I'm getting something I haven't had. Right. So what's the deal with people that like, they'll go out and they'll buy like a, 
Like Coors Light? Case of Coors Light or something, and they just, that's what they'll drink all the time. Call those people alcoholics. <laughs> yeah. The only reason you're drinking Coors Light is to get drunk. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not for the taste. Right. So like Bud Light and Coors Light, or or even if it's not light, like just regular Budweiser. Um, like why do people choose that beer? And just drink it all the time. I I think some people do like the taste. You know, some people yeah. do like the taste of. And you know, even like a Coors Light, as as horrible as Coors Light is, sometimes a Coors Light tastes good. You know, like when after it's real you mow the cold, lawn. and it's yeah, it's hot, or even if it's cold outside, and it just it's also situational. I it see. has to do with set and setting, and you know, one. You might drink a Coors Light today and it tastes like garbage and you have one tomorrow and it tastes good because it has to do with the the experience. Yeah. You know, the food at uh, Applebee's is no better than the food at like, I don't know. Chili's? Uh, yeah, me trying to make this analogy. It's all coming from the same Cisco truck. Yeah. So you might go to Applebee's or like your mom and pop, whatever restaurant in town and all the food came off the same truck but to you it tastes better over here because yeah. it's whatever yeah not not everybody knows what cisco is yeah i'm sure you've all seen the trucks they're hard to miss s-y-s-c-o it's it's like a humongous food and and uh you know like restaurant gear purveyor they'll sell mm -hmm. you could run your whole restaurant and only shop at Cisco. Yeah, plates, silverware, everything. Mm hmm Frozen food. They they sell <laughs> jalapeno poppers and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But they have some, you know, more upscale frozen fare and things like that. So chances are if you're eating in a hotel or any place like that, you're eating right out of the Cisco truck. Um, or U.S. foods. Don't forget yeah, about U.S. Yeah. foods. Um, there used to be uh, Monarch too, but Cisco's nationwide. They're huge. Um, a lot of those uh, chain restaurants, like uh, Chili's and stuff, there. I think some of them are actually owned by like PepsiCo and stuff, and they have their they have a lot of that stuff coming from their own yeah. uh, central warehouses. Yeah, that's like if you ever get a gift card to, like, the Red Lobster, there's, like, 15 other restaurants <laughs> yeah. on the back that could use it because they own Olive Garden, Red Lobster, Chili's, Outback Steakhouse, Inback Steakhouse. You know, they own all these all these different places. So they, they're cutting out the middleman. They just... That's right. I remember. Uh, do you remember that Carabas that used to be on Highway 35? Uh, Yeah, on the... On, like, the southbound side? Yeah, 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 yeah. And me and the wife used to go there and eat every now and again when she didn't feel like cooking. You know, it was like the diner or Carabas or something. So one day there was a... And then there's that restaurant that's next to Whole Foods. It's changed hands a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Wait, are you talking about by Costco? No, yeah, no. Because the, the, there was something over there too, wasn't there? They just knocked down. That was uh, something else with another Italian name. It, that was something else. Romano's Macaroni Grill. No. 
but authentico. There, there was there was a restaurant by uh, Whole Foods, and it was like Bonefish Grill. Yes, it was yeah. Bonefish Grill, and everybody was raving about oh, it, yeah. right? So one night, we got these in the Midwest, fresh fish. <laughs> we go over there. We got the swordfish just came in off the boat. When I tell you, it was the exact food of from like because I would always order like grilled chicken or something like that when we went to Caravas. It would be like a chicken breast with some broccoli and maybe a baked potato. You know, the hell are you eating that out for? Well, because my wife didn't want to cook, so yeah. you know. I would get something that I knew I could eat, you yeah, know. Yeah. I wouldn't order Italian food. So, again, the same thing. <laughs> We're at the Bonefish Grill. She's like, oh, I want to get some seafood. I'm like, all right. So I order my grilled chicken. <laughs> it was the same. It was the same exact meal. The I same mean, guy cooking it too. It, it, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Piping hot out of the microwave. It came out. <laughs> It looked the same. Chef Mike. It the same. Chef Mike. Chef Mike prepared this just for you. <laughs> Microwave. That's another insider joke, yeah. Chef Mike. Give it to Chef Mike. <laughs> a minute and a half and Chef Mike will have yeah. anything ready. I think uh, that place is called Angelica. Uh, not Angelica. Something like that now. That yeah. grill. It's been about three or four restaurants in I think Dummy succession. Dummy did some work over there. We're supposed to do some work over there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah. I can't remember. The last time we had any food out was, uh, um, what's the place that we had when you guys came over? Uh, Belford. Oh, yeah. Uh, Their that, food's good. Yeah, yeah. They probably shop at like Restaurant Depot or something yeah. because these small mom and pop places, um, you know, it's running restaurants very hard. Mm-hmm. It's, the money is so tight. So a lot of these people are, are literally driving to Restaurant Depot and buying the stuff there. Yeah. Because um, it just doesn't pay to have an account with a big company like Cisco or something. No. You know, you, I'm, you can probably get decent stuff from Cisco. Oh, yeah. They have definite tiers yeah. of quality. Um, when I was in San Francisco working in food, my buddy was the, um, banquet chef at the Pan Pacific, which was a really nice hotel downtown. And I used to help him out every now and again, if he was short staffed and they had Cisco stuff all throughout, you know, their multiple dining rooms. And that was like fine dining. Yeah. Like they sell, they sell fresh food too. It's Mm -hmm. not just, um. Coconut, jalapeno, shrimp yeah, poppers. Yeah, and you get like the you know your big plastic wraps and your yep. foil sheets and, mm-hmm. and everything, cutting boards, knives. You yep. get those Victoria Knox knives from them. Or globe. Yeah, <laughs> and a number ten can of just about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. What the hell were we talking about? <laughs> Beer. <laughs> Talk about stretching. <laughs> so we, you know, we might have uh, like a a monthly kind of uh, shift in whatever beer we were putting out, or you know how it. I don't know how much time would you'd need to make it feasible. Maybe it'd be seasonal or something. Mm-hmm. Farm to table. Yeah, 
We'll serve it in mason jars wrapped mm. in twine. Oh, no, none of that shit. And everybody, all the servers will wear flannel. <laughs> have like a big sign on the wall with like, you know, where it's a sign and there's like light bulbs in yeah. it. Yeah. They say eat. Eat. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. It would be uh, nice if you had, like, if you had tons of money, it'd be fun to do stuff like that, you know, like have a beer or um, go to space. <laughs> you know, well, you could feed about a million people for three years. A mil- no, everybody, all of them, <laughs> all the people who can eat. You can feed every hungry person in the world or, or take a 15-minute space ride. He was wearing a Grip 6 belt. Ah, good for grip six. So, what would you do? Feed every every hungry person in the world, or take a fifteen minute ride into space? I'm taking a seven and a half minute ride to real space. Because he he went to like it's like half ass yeah, space. You know that's the thing. Both him and Branson take me to like the moon and back. Just like go around it. I when I found out, you know, really what it was, sort of like this jet. When Branson went airplane. to space, SpaceX, my SpaceX stock went down. I'm like, yeah. you got to be kidding me. But because it really wasn't like I was expecting after all the hype. You know, they just kind of went weightless there for a few minutes. Yeah, it's and just they, the very lowest part of space. Right. That's It wasn't like I I imagined it was going to be. No, like you want to see Earth as like a dot, uh, not a dot, because that's yeah. far. But, you know, you want to be out somewhere halfway between here and the moon. Yeah, that's space. Yeah, so uh, I I uh, I think we were uh, bamboozled with the space. Uh, I spent trips. so much money on Amazon. I feel personally responsible for that trip. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you wanted a ticket. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I don't know what the way they those Amazon packages get handled. That's true. You see, you saw my weed, my hedge trimmer. Yeah. <laughs> FedEx is driving the spaceship. No oh, chance. man. You'll never come back. You'll get lost on the way to space. Oh, my God. How, we, our FedEx guy is the worst delivery guy in, uh, in the county, I bet. Yeah, don't get me started on FedEx. It's still, it's still a sore point. <laughs> what's the second question <laughs> got one here from jerry another patron jay woodshop on instagram uh last week you guys talked about the calls coming in are more qualified now can you guys talk about how you started to get the phone to ring and get your name out in the marketplace and then how did you grow it that's a good question well for us, we called uh, engine braking. Yeah, it sounded like somebody dragging a stool across the floor up there. We called everybody that we knew, you know, that we'd worked for in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first started, we went back into my old shop. I hadn't taken a real job in over two years. So those contacts were pretty dried up on the vine mm-hmm. but we did we did call and and uh, and hound 
to a small degree. Everybody, we beat all the bushes we could. Yeah. Um, and how did we get that first church job? How did how did we get that? I mean, um, it, was that th- that was brewing before Green Street? That was like the catalyst. That's that, right. Um, I guess Father Mike. It was it was from it did come from St. Mary's, but that's kind of that gave us a little bit of wind underneath our sails. That that altar rail. Yeah, and that that even was took a while to um, right become anything. I mean, when when we first started, when I started the Instagram, I I cold like messaged over a thousand <laughs> designers, <laughs> architects, builders. Um, most of which just fell on deaf ears, but, um, you know, was started to get calls that way and, and, you know, RFQs and stuff. Yeah. We got a lot of real nonsense stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but, and it, but it was, it did kind of, in one way it lifted our spirits to, to see that all that, uh, inquiry that you were putting out there was, was reaching somebody. It was just. You know, we were getting a lot of the patty pantries. Can you do this melamine closet system and yeah. that kind of thing? And we didn't really, we didn't have the equipment or the wherewithal to price it competitively with places that specialize or even in that. any desire to do no. it. No, um, we, you know, we may have taken it on as just because we had no other work when mm-hmm. we started, but we we didn't. Um, so yeah, we beat the bushes like crazy. Um, and then, I mean, Instagram has really been the driver. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's where I was doing all that cold. Yeah. Um, I would just, I would, uh, how would I do the searching? I forget. I would type, you know, first I would find like an interior designer that was local and I go to who she was following and I would find any other interior designer or builder that was local add them, send them a message. And like you think I'm exaggerating when I say a thousand. No, I literally mean a thousand, one thousand yeah. people. Um, and I probably heard back from a tenth of those people. Yeah. And even before we were Green Street, you were building up the Barone Woodwork yeah. Instagram, which was like a little toehold. And then I yeah, then it got switched over. Mm-hmm. So you've been working on that for quite a while. Yeah, for uh, 10 months or so. Um, and, you know, for me, Instagram, personally, I see uh, I'm not that involved in it. And it's, it's a lot of uh, posturing. Uh, but you have to, like everything else, it's like I look at it like TV. There's a lot of crap on TV, but I love my TV shows. Yeah, you got to sift through it to see the quality stuff that's there. Mm-hmm. And I have total respect for Instagram because it it drives the business. It really does. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, Instagram is like high school. Like there's all <laughs> these. These are the cool kids and the popular kids, and that, but you can't think about it. You just, you know, I hang out with these people. These people are cool. I could care less what these people are doing. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Well, I, I go on every day, and 
I almost always find something pretty interesting. And then I'll get to the point where it's just people kind of like showing, you know, hey, look what I did. This is magic and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then I get a little bored because it's like that, you know, looks too perfect. Yeah, see, the the good part of Instagram is all in the DMs and stuff and the mm -hmm. stories. It's not the posts are, and the reels. That's all just, you know. It's like a, a a formality. You got you have to put those up to uh, keep engagement with people on Instagram. But really, the best part of Instagram are people that you talk to in the DMs, other other people who do the same thing as you. Um, you know, I'm in a group with a bunch of guys and constantly bouncing ideas back and forth, prices, technique. Like that's the part of Instagram that um, is good. The rest of it is. Like you said, it's just posturing and and uh, a lot. There's a lot of makers who don't <laughs> yeah. seem to make anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like your profile says maker, but then I'm looking at your thing and I, you didn't put up one thing that you made. Yeah, they it's not. They only know that word as a noun, not as a verb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because. I agree. Like, I like following John Peters because I'm really interested in the bees yeah, and things yeah. like that. So I'm always checking that out. And uh, one of the accounts that I started, you know, paying more attention to is C.T. Woodwork, one of oh, yeah. um, you know, our listeners, because he's got a lot of cool things going on there. He's got these Maloof rockers in yep. the process of getting started and... There's a, he's got this beautiful spalted maple and he's it, got that nice woodpecker square. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I got on that. See, but he's he's cool because he understands it's you know it's just a bunch of BS you know yeah. nonsense back and forth. That's the fun of having a friend that you can you know right. kid. Yeah, and they kid you back. Um, so yeah. There, there's a lot of value in Instagram. You just mm -hmm. sometimes you have to, you know, look beyond the superficiality of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the designer Jacqueline that we work with constantly, um, you know, met her through Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, know, she brought, I mean, a lot of business through the shop over the past. Hasn't even been a year. No. You know, been maybe. I mean, it might be a year that we started bidding bidding work. Um, is is the first the first job that we did the still the one with the with the door and the the cherry cabinet? Yeah, we're still. Yeah, the first one we delivered was Salaya the Chase Lounge. Oh yes, that's right. And that was uh that wasn't even that long ago that we delivered it. But we've no. been bidding, you know, been bidding work for her for it took yeah. a while yeah. to get to get something, but um. But so, she yeah. was really cool because she showed interest in us. She came to the shop. Uh, we did that yeah. whole uh, drawing exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was that? Oh, yeah, that was for the the cherry thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's a great relationship that we've formed through yeah. Instagram. Um, Keith. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, all these guys, John Peters, Keith from Tubit, Keith from Blackthorn, um, who we've formed, like, you know, friendships and working relationships with. Yeah. Um, who else? 
Tommy G from Manhattan Stained Glass coming mm-hmm. to the shop on Friday to help us out. We're doing a job for him. He's, you know, coming to help us out with something that we're doing. Uh, there they go. More police cars. Uh, who else? Yeah, I'd love to get something going with Tommy G mm-hmm. um, when the church job comes around. Yeah. Get some stained glass. If now, it's sounding less likely than it ever did before. Yeah, well, it. I wouldn't say it was... I would say he's trying to scale back the scope of it. Mm-hmm. But you know how that goes. Yeah. He's going to have to make some phone calls. That's all I'm saying. Once, once to start drawing up all those grand uh, <laughs> legacy pieces. That Onyx altar doesn't fit. No, it doesn't. That's a relic from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. With the burgundy. Yeah. Yeah, that was like that other church we went into. Everything was burgundy. That was that must have been the the go to color scheme at some point. Yeah, I feel like church is always burgundy or like a forest green. Mm. Like all the upholstery on the chairs. Yeah. So what, what, if we're gonna what, offer Jerry some advice on how to. Um, how to get the phone to ring. I just say you got to kick the bushes. Yeah. Um, uh, pride isn't the right word, but it, whatever it is, it's like that. You got to put it aside. Mm-hmm. Like even today. So um, we did a drawing for that circular bar and then just kind of let it, we've set it out there and we got some feedback. And then it kind of like laid there for about four or five days. And you said, you know, you got to, you got to stay after her. <laughs> yeah. That's part of like knowing the client, you know, past uh, experiences. with. So what did I clients. do? You know, you just send off a little email. How's it going this morning? Yeah. Just touching base. You know, uh, you have any questions, anything, you, you know, you need from us. We're here. Comes right back with, you know. Something that so now we got the wheels turning again, where it looks like we we have the job more or less. Right. Where before we didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. They just wanted some, you know, a realigning of the scope of work. Right. Uh, so persistence. What about that? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to think outside the box. We we've tried a few things with. Not much success compared to Instagram. Like the thing we sent out, we made up a whole church mailer thing. Zero success. Yeah. Cause Man, that was, I busted my ass putting those things all in the envelopes. And I yeah. can't write all the addresses and 100. It was 150, wasn't it? I forget. Or maybe it was just 100. But yeah, every church in the Diocese of Trenton. Yep. Um, because we've done a lot of qualified church work. Now it's not yeah. like we're um, newbies to it, but we wanted to get our our faces in front of uh, some of these churches that aren't within uh, striking distance to us, right? Um, and they're um, less technologically sort of oriented, so right. like a, a physical mailer seemed like a good way to get in front of them. But, but yeah, man, yeah. not one response. No was the middle of the pandemic <laughs> the first pandemic yeah. second one's coming stay tuned so, yeah. 
Round two. <laughs> Can we? Is it? It's is it apolitical or is it political if you urge people to get a vaccine? Well, depends on who you ask. Yeah. CDC yeah. is gonna uh, recommend masks indoors again. Yeah, saying. that's a drag. Yeah. Well, um, that's what happens. I know. But let's not get into that. Um. You want to read this next question? Yeah, sure. Um. Oh, look at this. Any advice for someone looking to build an entry door from scratch? My shop doors rotted out, and I thought it'd be a good learning exercise, not a paid job. That's from Andrew, Sawdust Club on Instagram. Mm. Well, well, well. Definitely a good uh, job to practice on. I'd say just build a simple, whatever, two-panel door or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, with glass, you could do glass on the top, panel on the bottom, two panels, whatever. Yeah. Build it on the table saw with stub tenons. You want to put some, you got a big domino, put some dominoes in there, dowels, whatever. Um, big screws, something. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that, um, Andrew's built cabinet doors before. Uh... Right. If I'd he wants say that's a, a safe assumption. Wants yeah. to tackle a front door. Um, is there anything uh, aside from the scale of it? Is there anything uh, that we can think of that uh, you know is a major difference? I mean, let's let's not talk about the hanging of the door and all that stuff. But yeah, the, yeah. The structure of the door. Um, you know, you're just gonna have a lot more movement because the scale is so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So a stub tenon is not really gonna be enough. Um, for the joinery, so that's I'd say it's the only difference is that right. you gotta figure something out for the joinery whether right. you want to do through mortise and tenons with haunches and you want to bring them all the way through or or just make them extra deep. You just you gotta beef up those those joints. Yeah, even if it's screws with plugs and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I mean that's the the easiest we'll we'll call it i mean a stub tenant door will it'll hold up for a while but you know if you want long, longevity out of it especially it's going to be an exterior door um best to do some type of you know um enhanced joinery there yeah whether mechanical or or pure wood yeah and um definitely waterproof or you know Water-resistant glue like Type Bond 3. Yep. And the finish. I mean, you got to keep that thing finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what, uh, that'll that'll help it last. Yeah, I mean, if you could use some type of quarter sawn wood, it's going to help because <clears throat> you're going to get, you're not going to get so much width movement. Um, and things are going to want to stay flatter. Yeah, I mean, I would say just approach it like uh, a big cabinet door and just make sure you you beef it up. Yeah, yeah. Be asking for any other... Um, any advice from scratch? Well, I mean, I guess he's going to have um, a big enough joiner joint all... I mean, you got to have flat and uh, conditioned material. Yeah. 
That would be like I I wouldn't trust buying my stock from let's say um, a yard like Monteith or whatever that and bought it S4S. I wouldn't just start building with it because I, I, in my experience, that stuff tends to move again. You know, it's been sitting out in the yard. You bring it into your shop if it's your shop's conditioned. I, I, that's when I started um, surfacing my lumber because I was really not happy with, mm-hmm. you know, the movement I was getting from from that stuff. I guess that's about it. We don't really have anything else to add. Yeah, keep it simple. That's what I said. Yeah, that's a good... It uh, would be a good learning exercise. Yeah. Uh, got one here from Keith, Blackthorn Concepts on Instagram. If you have a fix for an error, do you fix it or remake the part? Hmm. I would say that's probably comes down to the specifics of that part and... Where you are in the job, yep. and and how good the fix is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fixing something is is always my first go to, but if it's only like a a halfway, like if you can see it and it's going to scream at you, <laughs> even after you fixed it, where it's mocking you, you know, I I would just as soon remake it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the situation. We, you know, typically we'll have the material on hand, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that big of a deal to remake a piece uh, if it's just like one component. Yep. Yeah. um, You know, if it's something that's going to be seen. Like then for me it's just remake it. But if uh if it's some sort of ancillary part where, you know, um it's it's not gonna be seen and the fix is just as good as a remake the and it's faster, then a fix is definitely definitely the way to go. Yeah. Can we think of any specific examples? Um I don't know. Like if we're making a door and, um, you know, let's say we're, uh, you know, the, the, the mortise and tenon doesn't fit correctly because, you know, you uh, overcut the mortise, uh, the tenon or something like that, you know, so it's a little bit, uh, makes that little gap there because the tenon's too long. Because the tenon is too long? Yeah. Well, when you just trim the tenon? Yeah. That was an easy, that was a softball. That's, well, that's not really an error. No. Um, I can't think of anything. Yeah. It's just beer taking hold. Um, yeah, I don't know. I tend to go with remake most of the time. Yeah. I don't want any uh, errors on my conscience. Yeah, I will I think I'll always try and... Think of a fix first, mm-hmm. and if there's nothing that's acceptable, then I'll go with the remake. The remake always goes much faster than the 
the first one too. Yeah, and with you know, you try and come up with a solution, then you're taking time trying to figure it out, and then it takes time. All this extra you could have just made. Like, oh, we're gonna cut in a Dutchman and blah blah. blah. Yeah. By that point, if you have the material, you could have made it five times over. Th- that's. Um, you know, it's when you get into these complex assemblies and something gets messed up and you can't take it back apart. Right, and there's a domino effect because of all the related yeah. parts. That's when you got to go for a fix. Yeah. And then yeah. you really, you don't have a, it's either you're going, losing days of time or you're coming up with a good fix. Yeah. That's that's always the great discussion, isn't it? All right, so if we do it this way, it's going to take us three days. And if we do it this way, it's going to take us two and a half days. Yeah. <laughs> But sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you put your nose to the grindstone or whatever, you know, put your head down. Sometimes that's just the easiest, fastest way is to redo it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a real fix is fixing the yeah, fixing the actual mistake, just not right putting a little bit of paint over top of it. That's right. Bondo. All right. Oh, this one's this one's right in your wheelhouse. I could use some advice on chisels. You know, you had yours out today. What's a good set to get for sporadic use and a beginner skill level? It's one of our patrons, Chris. He's uh, C. Debrisky on Instagram. Oh, man, this is the second to last question. Well, this is the last question, technically. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Oh, this is the Look last. This. This, I got- that's from last week. Oh, see, question of the week there. I didn't delete that. I see. And then the next question should be gone. Yeah. But then there's a question after that that is I a question. Um, Chris, I say uh, get yourself a three-quarter inch Lee Nielsen, and you'd be good with that for the for most part. a while, yeah. Um, and then maybe get like a quarter inch. Then you could start filling in. The thing is, you can do almost everything that you need to do with a three-quarter inch chisel. Yeah. Um. When I was a finished carpenter, and I, I, you know, I would do entire houses of lock sets, um, you know, all by hand, and three quarter chisels all used. So you can do a lot with a three quarter inch chisel. Now you're cutting dovetails and stuff. Then you need to invest in, mm-hmm. you know, different sizes. Um, but for me, a good three quarter inch chisel. That I mean, you'll be set for a while. Then you can get. I think you should go with a one that's a little bit smaller. Then you can get one that's a little bit bigger or whatever. See what you need. But um, I think that's a good place to start. For 55 bucks, it's a hell of a chisel. Right. So and I agree with your, your sort of approach, which is you don't need a set of chisels. Spend the money on one really good chisel that'll last you your lifetime uh, for the most part. And then just increase the number of chisels as you, you know, find the real need and have the money. Because there's not really, like, a good set of chisels. Yeah. Unless you're buying, you know, some uh, Japanese chisels come in in sets Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, blue spruce and stuff like that. But you're talking, you know, potentially thousands of dollars. Right. Multiple hundreds, thousands of dollars. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Ashley Isles chisels are good. Lee Nielsen. Um, you can find used stuff on eBay, you know, vintage marbles and stuff like that. But yeah. for me, 
Just get something new. Lee Nielsen is a it's a sure bet. Fifty five bucks. That's cheap when you think about it. Yeah. Like the amount of work that goes into it. Those things are made by hand. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> not really, but they're, they're made by they're made people. By people. <laughs> they're made by people. That's yeah. really the what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean they they you do a lot of CNC work and stuff, but um, you know, there's a place in Maine. It's a real place, Lee Nielsen, where there's people working there mm-hmm. making tools. So yeah, um, if you can buy from a place like that, then all the better. Yeah. All right. I wonder if we've influenced them. It's possible. That makes us influencers. Have to get a kickback from Lee Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, got our second to last question here, but the question of the week is after that. Um, which do you prefer, commercial jobs or consumer slash residential jobs, and why? It's from Brian Graypoint Woodworks on Instagram. Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, well, I, if I had to choose one right now, I'd say residential. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there's a you know, more freedom in the design phase, especially, but commercial work has its advantages. Yeah. Um, same thing. Like if I had to pick one, then I would pick residential. Like, uh, I don't even know if it would be direct to client, but just residential in general. But I, I like a mix, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we were saying this a couple of weeks ago, we spent all this time, working on that cherry piece with the gothic arches and the Dutch door. And it was all like fairly technical and really nice. And then, then we jumped into this commercial work and it was just a nice change of pace. It was nice to be able to do something that was easy and just bang it out and make good money because it was just, it's just all, there's no figuring. It's just, this is what it is. And we just build it because commercial is, you know, it's typically things that are more simple and cut and dry. Yeah, less complicated. Yeah, less room for interpretation because it's just a, a set whatever. Um, we're not trying to fit a coffee maker in this and a sink and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, I mean, right. I like a mix. And, you know, I, I'd prefer to not have to choose. Mm-hmm. I, I like doing both. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to do the same thing all the time, I would, you know. Probably have a different job. Yeah, work on an assembly line. Or, yeah, in an office. Yeah. Um, I mean, commercial stuff is uh, is nice. You know, you get on a job, and um, sometimes, like when we went there last time, it, it was a little bit busy. But a lot of times, yeah. um, you know, you have plenty of room to work. Uh it's set up to work in, you know, when you're working in somebody's house, you have to be super careful about Mm -hmm. your surroundings and, and making stuff dusty and, and all that. Um, that can be, you know, a little bit of a bonus where you can just kind of, you know, stroll in and put your stuff on the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Commercial. It's like, okay, this is, you're doing this. I don't have to worry about anything else. Mm -hmm. Residential, there's an outlet that's got to get moved, and the plumbing is in the wrong spot, and we got to deal with the, the painter and this and commercial. It's just very, you know, there all the trades are there. Everybody's got a job. 
okay, we're the mill work, we're doing this, and that's it. Yeah. Um, what day do you want me there? That's when we'll show up, we'll put it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's somebody running the job. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need something, a lot of times they can, you know, get that going for you to get it. Or, yep. Yeah, it's it's nice. And uh, somebody help carry the load. Um, but you know, we're, we're kind of creative folks. So if we only had to do commercial work, we'd probably be, feel a little bit stifled. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's a lack of, uh, necessarily creative outlets in commercial, but no, um, it's just a lot of that stuff's already thought out and it comes to you right. by the time we see it. It's already been planned. Designed, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of business, if I had to pick one, I'd pick commercial. Oh, in terms yeah. of personal, <laughs> I'd pick residential. Yeah. Um, cause you know, when you, when you work in someone's house and they have this big house and what do they do? Commercial contractor. Yeah. Always. That's yeah. always the biggest house, the nicest house. What do you do? Oh, I'm a commercial HVAC, you know, run a commercial HVAC. Yeah. Always. Every, yeah. every single one. Yep. Yeah, so here we are. Yeah, question of the week. Ever been presented with a job and turned it down? Not because of desire, but out of lack of a particular skill. That comes from our good buddy and patron, Manny. That's some, uh, requires some deep thought. Yeah. Too many mistakes on Instagram. Give him a follow. Yeah, and Manny needs to change that. You know, I, I, I don't like I don't like that name. Too many mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. Clever. It is clever, but you know. I don't think he means in his uh in his vacation. Yeah, I know, but I want Manny to have a different uh, handle. <laughs> it's too late now. He's invested. Yeah, he's invested in it. It's like the band name. You know, when you go too far, you've had a few gigs. You take the band gets together. What are we gonna call ourselves? All right, how about uh, the? How about Grape Lightning? Oh God! Oh, I don't really like that. Yeah, we just we just need a, for a name for this gig. It doesn't matter. We won't use it. And then you know. Then it sticks. Then it sticks somehow, and you're saddled with the Grape Lightning. I was in a band like that. That's we call it destiny. Yeah, I hated the name of the band. So you had to stick with it, you know. Oh, we well, we opened up for XYZ. We can't can't change the name of the band now. We had to start a whole new band. Uh, what'd you think of the beer? I liked it. Yeah, it was good. You know the thing. I don't know if it was just me or uh, circumstances. But it had a really nice aftertaste, mm. which I thought, where I don't I don't get that a lot. You like the before taste? I, yeah, I did. I like the before taste, but like when I finished it just now, it's like, hmm, that's pleasant. You can kind of taste some notes of things that were going on. You're, le- about- you're learning. <laughs> I liked it. It was just a good, uh, you know, 
Good German Pilsner. Yeah. Now, what are the four ingredients it can have? Water, hops, barley, and yeast. And that's it. That's it. Wow. No maple syrup, no uh, <laughs> cheesecake pieces, we, we, um, no. tangerine grind. We've had quite a few of those, haven't we? What What was that one that was probably our least favorite? Was that the waffle or was, well, or was, it was either it, that yeah. or the funnel cake? Yeah. Coconut funnel cake, Mexican uh, coffee. Oh, that was the worst one. I was like sick the, that yeah. day afterwards. That was that was the worst one, and the the waffle was runner up. That was pretty bad too. Yeah, I don't know. We had uh, Labatt Blue that one time. Yeah, that was a that was a DW special. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I was camping this weekend. I decided to get some good beer. Yeah, he was he was uh, being adventurous that day. Yeah, the Canadian Coors Light, <laughs> Labatt Blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to give a big thanks to our gold tier patrons Jerry Greenan, David Murphy, Manny Sirianni, Dustin Fayer, Adam Pothass, David Shoemaker, and Colin Lai. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Colin is every week he's trying to get our wives on the podcast. It ain't gonna happen. Buddy. Oh god. Not gonna happen. My wife doesn't even listen to the podcast, let alone get Mine on. Mine either. I hope not. My wife would take over the podcast. She wouldn't even know how to get to a podcast. No, but she, you put her in front of a microphone, we wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise. Can't get a word in edgewise without a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Could be across the yard I can't get a word in edgewise. That's it. That's it. We'd be finished. Could put both our wives down here. We could leave, and they would probably talk for <laughs> 75 days straight without taking yeah. a breath. They'd be talking about us. Oh, my God. You know, once, about anything. Once they get started on, you know, our problems, forget it. <laughs> I don't know, Colin, man. What, is he, he's a troublemaker. Yeah. We, when, when I was part of the... Um, SFMC, mm -hmm. we used to have this um, meeting every year where we'd like hand out awards. And uh, one of the awards that you'd get, it was like one of those Gundies? big paddles, you know, that you use to stir like the big stock pots. Oh, yeah. And it was one of those. It was called the Shit Stirrer Award. Mm. I, I, I would win that award <laughs> for being a troublemaker. And I would say, Colin... You're 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 working it. That's right. From yeah, from pretty far away too. <laughs> there will be no wives. Colin, if you can make it to the meetup, then we'll have no, the wives. Yeah. On. Then you'll then you'll meet your wives and no why we cannot have them on the no, podcast. I mean if you can make it to the meetup on the seventh, then we'll have our wives on. Yeah. Oh, that's oh the only god. Way. He's got a long trip. Where is where is he? Australia. Oh, okay, that's a safe bet. <laughs> All right, I feel good with that one. He's out in the bush probably cutting down some trees right now for uh, Yeah, they're having some trouble out there with the you know, they're revolting back there um because of the lockdowns and everything mm. I read. I wonder how he's doing. Let us know how you're doing, Kyle. Oh, he's out in the He's out in the boonies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's safe. 
Well, that's it. We have another one in the books. Yeah. We did pretty good for only having six questions. Yeah, not bad. An hour and six minutes. Seven minutes. Yeah. Remember our first ones that were all running like an hour and 11 minutes or something like that? Weren't they? Or an hour and... Yeah, like an hour, three, hour, five. Yeah. Yeah. They were all... Uh, let's see. Let's check what the first... Hour three. First Excuse episode. Me. Called it. Yeah, they'll, you'll never be able to beat the... Second uh, episode, hour one. The uh, recalling the waitress's name from... Uh, the uh, third well, hour nine. What was the name of that place? Uh, touchdowns, uh, tap room uh, in Vegas. Uh, hour five, episode four. Six fifty nine minutes. Just five. Hour eleven. There you go. All within. Yeah, that's about how long it takes us. What was it? Well, was it the tap, tap Room or didn't uh, have a sports name? It was called like something. It was one word at MGM. Va, not, no, I forget. I don't know why I thought it began with a T, but my, you know my memory. It may have. Might might have been called Tap. Tap. Tap Bar and Grill. But when you remembered the waitress's name... Just about fell over. Yeah, well, you and Deadwood thought it was like Martha or something. Ro Rosemary or something? He's like, it was Rosie. I knew it wasn't Rosie. Yeah, tap bar and grill. There you go. It took well, me about a half hour, but I remembered. We were calling Las Vegas. I said, it's definitely <laughs> Choi. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Those nachos. Yeah, we spent quite a few hours in those stools. Quite a few dollars, too. Yeah. That was where we gave back some of our winnings. I wonder if she's still working there. Look at this. I bet this is all from Cisco. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's perfect Cisco fare there. It's like they changed their uh, menu. Mm. Yeah, they got a uh, an abbreviated menu now. And they have look uh, their uh, their COVID uh, restrictions. Wow. Oh wait, MGM Grand Detroit. Oh wow! No, no wonder. That's the wrong. I didn't know they. I didn't know they have an MGM in Detroit. Me either. I think they might have closed the one in Vegas. Really? There it is. Well, this is more of a Patreon thing, so we're not going to get into okay. this. We're, gonna, we're not going to ruin it for the patrons. All right. You want to get in on stuff like this? You got to join the <laughs> Patreon. And tell your friends. We might read some reviews on what people think about the tap bar and grill. That's how we found out Choi's name. <laughs> That's right. I I actually found the, the thing. The confirmation. Yeah, confirmation. But, um, but you had the name, which that I, I still, I can... See myself sitting there in that chair reading that review out loud. But our waitress, Joy. <laughs> Can I say? Stroke of genius. Yeah. Well, see you guys next week. All right. Take care of yourselves. Episode 48.